Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the new Outriders podcast. Uh, this is our one-year anniversary episode. Woo! Everybody say woo. Woo! All right. Uh, I'm your host, Talalan. Along me as all, along with me as always, our co-hosts, Lady Roxanne and Lord Lassarian. How are you guys doing tonight? Just wonderful. How are you? I'm Tell super. More. Happy anniversary. Yes. And our guest tonight is Baron, um, which makes me feel old. Zalas of Guild Wars 2. How are you doing tonight? Good. Welcome, Zalas. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Tonight, we're going to be going over some guild news. I'm going to take you through the NOR CCG League. We're going to talk to Zalas, obviously our guest. Lass is going to talk about the Stanley Parable, a new game that started as a uh, Valve Source Engine mod and is now actually a fully released game. And we're going to throw in some games along the way. So, that's our plan for tonight. See how that goes. Yep. Guild news. Uh, the big thing that happened this past this past week is Baroness Brandy has stepped down as branch leader for Guild Wars 2. Oh. Leaving Baron Thalys, the last man standing, uh, taking over that <laughs> branch, and obviously that's why he's our guest tonight. So, uh, are you up for the challenge? Do my best. <laughs> yeah. Don't be hesitant. Just yeah. Yeah. Just give us the details, <laughs> man. Well, there's a lot of officers, so yeah. If you need help with anything? I'm sure there's people that can help you. But yeah, I Guild got to back me up. Guild Wars Two is a good game. It's still a popular game. I'm sure that. I'm sure that we're leaving it off in good hands with you. Yeah, I uh, got some plans to make it uh, come back. If not, then there's literally nothing else we can do, but I'll try everything. All right, and we'll get into that more in depth when we get down to you a little bit later. Continuing with the news, the final selections have been made for the annual awards for officer member and new member of the year. When are we going to get to start voting on those? Uh Voting, no, no. You you nominated, and and the the high council is going to, oh, okay. going to decide. We're gonna. We've made our decisions. In fact, when do we get to find out who they are? Yeah, Rox and I are kind of working that out. We we're sort of torn between doing some sort of an in-game or in-team speak ceremony, but you know we've made our decision like three weeks ago, <laughs> and we really need to get this done. I think I'd like to be able to tell everybody. Um, so we may be yeah. just as bland as posting it on the forums. I don't know. What do you think, Tal? Well, should, should we try to get a ceremony going? Oh, a ceremony would be fantastic. Yeah? Okay. I don't think it would be that bland. I mean, we'll try to jazz it up, but... Um, do it during do it during a high council meeting and turn your mics on. Pause the meeting. Do the ceremony. Invite everybody that was nominated. And then when the ceremony's over, get back to the meeting. We could do that. I mean, then you're, you guys know you'll all be there. I mean, that's that's your job. So... Yeah, I think you don't want to just post it. <laughs> no, not really, but also trying to get everybody into one game or into one place at the same time could be a little, you know. It's like herding cats. You really yeah. only need to be able to confirm the three winners. Any other nominees that show up are just gravy. Well, yeah, yeah, but even that, still. Yes, yes. Well, it would be, um, be surprising. There, yeah. Now, a three-week turnaround from when you made the selection would actually be the fastest turnaround in High Council history. <laughs> <laughs> do we get an award? No. We do not. It's a thankless job, as we I've do. heard last say so many times. Yes. I'm kidding. It's, it's not entirely uh, thankless. I, we, get, we get thanks occasionally. Yeah. You can thank yourself. We thank ourselves all the time. You can promote yourselves to Ultra Lord or Ultra Lady. There you go. Ultra Lord. <laughs> ultra Lord. <laughs> Sounds like a deodorant. What was that cartoon with the Ultra Lord? I have no idea. 
Okay. Um, I'm going to say Voltron, but that's probably not true. No, it was like Ed, Ed, and Eddie or something. I can't remember. Dexter's Lab. I didn't know you were a big fan of the Cartoon Network. Uh, you know, I've got a, got a young daughter, so. Well, that's true. We've got some birthdays coming Jimmy up. Jimmy Neutron. That's what it was. There's Jimmy Neutron. Boy genius. Yeah, just look it up. Was it? Oh, oh Jimmy Neutron. Okay. Yeah. Got some birthdays coming up. Do you want to read those, Lass? Yeah, sure. Uh, we've got, uh, let me see, we've got quite a few actually coming up in the next, uh, month. Uh, Cormus, uh, Sayla, Tobra, Hugh Badax, although I wrote his name down wrong, Kinley's, that's, uh, Burley's son, and Mag, Magna Fang X, Skylith, Lelinia, and Holly. Holly, CNY on the forums, but Holly, uh, are all having their birthdays. Yeah. Happy birthday, everyone. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy 29th birthday to Sayella again. Yes. Happy birthday, Sayella. <laughs> yes, 29th birthday. I had uh, quite a few uh, promotions. Yes, we did. You want to take those? Well, let's see if I can pronounce them all. Yeah. Uh, Squire. Well, sure. Let's start with the hardest one. Elistri. Sure. Sure. That's what we'll go. Squire Kimberly. Squire Carrick. Squire Elisa. Knight Skyleth, that's very well deserved. Skyleth has been a beast since he joined. Actually, yeah. I think we, he got double pumped. He might have gotten yeah. Knight and then Champion. And Baron Tyrandal and Baroness, I cannot pronounce that, Philia. Philia. <laughs> something like that. Sorry, Philia. So that's a lot. We've It's been a busy month. Yeah. yeah. Now the two Baron Baroness, that's a... Uh, that's a couple team over on uh, Neverwinter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's never da- that's dangerous. Congratulations to all of our promotions. Oh. Promotees. It's a lot of birthdays and a lot of promotions. That means we haven't done a podcast recently enough. It has been a while. Yes, it has. Well, we got to wait for the news to build up. We're not that big a guild. <laughs> How dare you say that? We're huge. What do you I'm mean? Big enough. We're huge in Germany. That's right. Guild events. The glue flu. EverQuest 2 just ended. Yeah. It was awesome. Heard it went well. Yeah, it was uh, pretty fun. I got to play with some people I haven't played with in a while, like Bo. He was on. Uh, I got lost a lot, so it was awesome. Standing in the fire? Standing in the fire, yeah. I kind of jumped down into something I shouldn't have, so that was pretty There you go. Yeah, you know. I'm like, ooh, it's pink. It's pretty. Uh-uh, no. That was a mistake. <laughs> that sounds exactly like Roxy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I had fun. It was awesome. Thank you to um, Tundra and uh, Ryland for all of your help. It was pretty cool. I feel guilty this was the first glue that I had missed in its entirety. Aww. I really don't well, you missed an awesome glue. I, I'm sure I did, but with the baby oh, well, not, I know. All that. It's it's hard these days. Having kids is the worst. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that into consideration. <laughs> you, you wait quite a while before you start having kids. Yeah, you don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> and then the last guild piece of news, uh, we'll just transition this right into my segment, is our, our Soul Forge tournament. Yeah. Um, my first official act is the the branch leader of our provisional nomad barony, um, is the Nor CCG League, Collectible Card Game League, and we're play- holding a Soul Forge tournament um, right now. 
we have 12 participants, myself, Roxy Lass, um, Zalas, who's on with us tonight, Runesire, Zippin, Lakasha, Rollis, Sokolov, OJ, Tundra, and Nim. Um, I did not expect to get 12 people when I put out the call for this. I was hoping, uh, beyond hope, that I would get like 8. So getting 12 was... Uh, made me very, very happy. Um, thankfully, we didn't get many more than that, or this would run for a very long time. It didn't make you happy for long, though, right? I'm never happy for long. This is what <laughs> I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah um, you know you felt. That war thick. Of the people that, that joined the, the CCG League for the tournament, um, several of them have actually transferred to the Nomad branch. Um, so that's where they want to make their home in Nor now. Right. Um, Roxy did, OJ did, Sokolov did, and Zippin did. So. Oh. Um, besides myself and uh, Realm Leader Yavul, we've got four members in the, in the Nomad branch now, which I think makes us bigger than DDO. Um, I like to say that. I like to say that all the time. I like to pick, I like to pick on Yavul and DDO, but that game will never die. So, um, for well, anybody who's yep, go ahead, Roxy. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for doing that, Tyler. Because um, if it hadn't been for you, I would never have have played a game like Soul Forge or hopefully Hearthstone. And wow, um, it's it's a pretty awesome game. I'm terrible at it. But I'm hoping that I will win a match sometime. Um, my first match with Lakasha, she just smoked me, man. She really did. Let's see what so. happens tonight. Yeah. I heard you're actually pretty good, though. So me? Don't be like Rallis and hustling me. Oh, Saying you hustling suck, but <laughs> Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that shakes out, Dallas. So yeah. the format that we're using for the tournament this time is it's a best of three, and you only have one match a week. Um, it's a round robin, so everybody will play everybody one time in a best of three match. First person to win two matches wins. And then at the end of 11 weeks, um, given that there's a couple holidays in there, it'll probably realistically be 13 weeks, we'll break the top six into a, a winner's bracket tournament and the bottom six into a consolation bracket tournament. Um, loser's we'll bracket. I didn't want to say losers. Yes, you did. If this was if this was like a children's sports tournament, I would have said losers. But these are my this is my Nor family, so I said consolation. <laughs> are you so? Did I, get a resident if I, lose? I did. Um, when I'll tell you a story. When I lived in Minneapolis, my niece was playing at a hockey tournament um, in Minneapolis, and at the in like the third period of a game, you know, it's a tournament, so your schedule is based on if you win or lose. They said the winner will play at this time against this team, and the non-winner. We'll play at this time against this team. And I just looked, you know, at my oh, my wow. my brother-in-law in the stands. I'm like, the non-winner, the non-winner, really? This is what it's gotten to. We just can't call the kids a bunch of losers because they lost. No, but well, good in their own way. Yes. So like, I'm good I said consolation because apparently that rubbed off on me. If I don't get a trophy, I'm going to make my own. I'm sure we can make some kind of badge that goes on everybody's roster. Well, I think um, Lass has a has a name for that. A name for what? For the second group, the non-winners. I think non-winners is, is excellent. Well, didn't oh, you like to call uh, me a window licker? Oh, that was Bo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I do not call people names. I'll take that. So now that that's that's the format, and we're happy that everybody's participating. Um, everybody's having fun so far. I don't think anybody is too embarrassed by their performance. 
you know, before we started recording tonight, I played a game against Zippin, and he absolutely destroyed me. That was a little embarrassing, but nobody got to see it. Uh, losing sucks. Yes. Um, Soulforge, for anybody who's not familiar, it's a collectible card game in the vein, I guess when you say CCG or TCG, you just mention Magic the Gathering, and then everybody kind of has a conception of what it is. Um, Soulforge was created by some CCG veterans, um, some people who worked on Magic, some people who worked on the old WoW TCG. Um, they took to Kickstarter and asked for $250,000 um, earlier this year, late last year. They got 429000 so there was a market out there for the game. They got it made. It's currently in open beta. There's some features that aren't in the game yet that are coming. They're going to add a crafting feature so that um, if you have 13 of the same card, you can get rid of some of them. Yeah. Just sell them back to in-game currency. Um, that's coming. In-game built-in tournaments are coming um, with different configurable options. So that's that's all coming. Um, Soulforge has four factions. Um, these would be like the color well, in Magic the Gathering. Tala, before you move on, um, is it coming to Android? Yes, it is. Before the end of 2013, it will be out on Android. Awesome. Probably not on phones, but it will be out on tablets. Great. That was my question. Yep. You can you construct your deck from four factions. Uh, the factions are the Aloyan, um, and I'm going to equate these to, like, MMO character archetypes. Aloyan would be, like, a warrior crossed with an engineer. Um, there's lots of robots, their cards have lots of armor, and they get laning bonuses depending on if you put them in specific places. And their spells gen- generally damage and armor buffs. The Necrium faction is your Death Knight. Zombies and Abominations. Um, they have damage, HP debuffs, and they have regeneration. The Tempest faction is your Shaman faction. It's a bunch of elementals. Uh, they're aggressive, which means when you play them, they can attack immediately instead of waiting a turn, which is um, like summoning sickness in Magic the Gathering. And they have damage buffs. And then the last faction is Utera, which is basically a druid. Uh, lots of beasts and trees and plants. Um, that deck focuses on healing with damage, HP buffs, and they have poison cards. So those are your four factions. Um, you can build a deck around any two factions, and you can't have more than any th- than three of any single card in your deck. Uh, that's where the crafting system that they're going to implement comes in. Um, from the Utera faction, for example, I have 13 copies of the Enrage card. I can only put three of them in my deck, so ten of them are completely useless to me. Um, gameplay is a little different, and it's what sets Soulforge apart from from Magic the Gathering. When you play a card, that card levels up and goes back into your hand. The leveled up version of the card will have higher stats. It might have a new ability on it. Every card can level up twice, so the cards can be level 1, 2, and 3. What's different, again, about Soulforge is when you play a card, it puts that copy of your card back in your hand, and it reshuffles your hand every time um, that your turn comes around again. So, conceivably, like I have one copy of a specific legendary card. I can play it. I could get it again on the next draw, because it reshuffles your hand every time. Right. So, Soulforge, you know, you can have three copies of a card, and if it's a good card, you want three copies of it, because you can get it pretty much every time you draw. Um, you draw five cards per turn. As you discard the cards you don't play per turn, um, obviously you draw five, you can play two. You level up, so you have to hit level two before you can play level two cards. You have to hit level three before you can play level three cards. Um, beyond that, you can keep leveling up up to infinity, and really all those levels tell you is how long you've been playing. 
Um, somebody reported on the forum last week that one of their games was the longest they've ever played, and they were both level 10 before the game ended. I've never had a game go anywhere near that long. No, neither have I. Six, I think, is the maximum I ever went. I've gotten seven. Wow, really? I've gotten to nine. Yeah, six or seven is one yeah. of ones I've gotten to. Uh, the player to win is the one that knocks their opponent below zero health. Um so I think I covered most of what Soulforge is as a CCG. Does anybody have any questions? I do, Tyler. Do you happen to know if um, I understand that the, the, this crafting system is going to allow us to, you know, manage our excess cards that we don't really need? But you know, if there's ever going to be any sort of player trading availability, so if you've got a card that I want and you don't need it, instead of crafting it, can you trade it to me? Do you know if that's going to be in the in the works? I believe there will be an auction house where you can sell cards, but I do not okay. believe that strict trading will be allowed. But I, but it's it's all very nebulous. They've said certain things will be available, but they haven't detailed them very well. Um, but they have said there will be an auction house. Interesting. Okay. So there's certain legendary cards that I imagine will be $15 by themselves on the auction house, if not more. Sure. Now, the, the second game that we're looking at for the NOR CCG League is still closed beta. Um, it's Hearthstone. Heroes of Warcraft from Blizzard. This is the smallest team Blizzard has ever used to make a game. There's only like eight people making this game. This one works completely differently, even though they're both CCGs. There's nine classes you can play. Basically, they're the nine original WoW classes, so no Death Knight, no Monk. Wow. And card rarity, again, goes from basic, common, rare, epic, legendary. So there's five tiers of cards. Your basic cards you get when you unlock a class... You start with the mage, and to unlock any other class, you have to beat the CPU playing as that class. So I've unlocked all nine classes. So to unlock the warrior, I had to beat Garrosh Hellscream as Jaina Proudmoore. Um, And then once you level up your class, once you get it to ten, you'll have unlocked all the basic cards for that set. And then the rest of them have to come from booster packs, which you get from playing in the arena or playing online as you earn silver. Um, What sets it apart in terms of gameplay is... Cards, you don't get to just play two cards on your turn. You have mana. The first turn, each person has one mana. The second turn, they have two. And it goes up one every turn until ten. Um, and the cards that you play all have a mana level from zero up until there's some that are more than ten that drop down based on certain conditions. Um, but each turn, you have you have mana to manage, and that mana doesn't carry over to the next turn. So, whereas Hearth, or where Soulforge is, you're, you're locked into your deck, and your draw sort of affects how you're going to play. In Hearthstone, you really have to manage your mana, and you have to manage a resource, as well as the cards that you draw. It's getting rave reviews from the people that played it. I'm terrible at it. Absolutely terrible. I think I've gone online and played 15, 16 matches now, and I have yet to win. Wow. So there's something in this game that does not agree with me. I read a uh, I read a review actually uh, of of Hearthstone and that the reviewer admitted at the beginning of the review that he was he was sort of setting out not to like this, um, but he really couldn't say uh, enough good about it. He said it was it was very elegant and very um, very enjoyable in its simplicity and and just extremely well implemented. Um, I have yet to play it myself, but uh, I was impressed by the review particularly because he, he sort of felt like he wasn't going to like it. He was sort of at the mindset that this was not going to be something that he enjoyed. Well, and if if there's enough people online during our next CCG get-together, um, which is right now currently scheduled for next Sunday before the HC meeting, I will actually stream it, and then people can ask me questions as I'm playing. Oh, that's a good idea. 
So, and then we can we can learn more there. But that's all I want to say about Hearthstone. That's on the horizon. It's a closed beta right now. Um, I got in. Anybody who has a Battle.net account can go opt into Blizzard betas, and you might get into. Okay. That's what I did this weekend, and I'm I'm hoping, hoping I'll get in. Well, in, yeah, t- yeah, I'm in typical Blizzard too. fashion, in typical Blizzard fashion, you'll get in based on how much money you've spent on WoW over the years. Well, I should be a shoe-in. Yeah, you should get in really yeah, quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, in order to torture uh, my two co-hosts and our guests, we're going to play a little game. As everybody knows, um, World of Warcraft being as popular as it is over the years has led to some incredibly stupid character names. Every server has a shaman named Shampon, which is disgusting. And every server has a paladin named Bubble07, because they love their bubbles. Now, also on the other end of the idiot spectrum are people selling their crap on Etsy. Now, I'm not going to disparage you know anybody on Nor who might sell something on Etsy, um, but Etsy is where people can sell their homemade stuff on the Internet without having to create their own store. And like World of Warcraft, it has led to some very, very stupid store names. And I'm going to ask each of you ten names, and you're going to have to tell me if it's a World of Warcraft player or an Etsy store. Sound awesome. easy enough? Sounds good. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple of hints. Uh, each of you, your your clues are broken into categories. So, Roxy, you'll go first. Your right. category, <laughs> your category is earth magic. So, these are all going to be surrounding druids and shaman. Hmm. Okay. And I will tell you that three of them are both. Okay. Both Etsy stores and Warcraft, Warcraft characters. Oh, you, so now let me ask: that, Do you have to? Do you have to? Is that like three freebies? No matter what she says, she gets it, or does she have to guess both? If she guesses Etsy or Warcraft on those, I will give her half a point. If she guesses both, I will give her the full point. If she says both on something that's nothing, she gets no points. Okay. All right. You'll each have 60 seconds. So first is Roxy. You ready? Ready. All right. The first one is Claw in Order. Uh, Store. That is a Warcraft character. Druid of the Grove. Uh, Warcraft carrier. That's an Etsy star. Uh, Indigo shaman. <laughs> um, Etsy store. That's both, so I'll give you half. Okay. Uh, Druid. Uh, that's a character name. That's actually both, so I'll give you half. And shaman shield. Shield. Uh, character. That's both, so I'll give you half. Shamanic, <laughs> shamanic fairy hunter. That sounds like a store name to me. That is a store. Star Surge. That is a character name. Yes, it is. Stormbeard. Uh, character name. The Rock Shaman. Uh, store name. Yes, it is. Uncommon Shaman. Store name. Yes, it is. All right. Good job, Roxy. Yay! Woohoo! What's with all the shamans in the Etsy stores? I have no idea. <laughs> That's that's actually why I, why I thought to make this game in the first place. So Roxy got... i got to check that out. Let me add that up quick. Six and a half points. Tell how on earth did you have the occasion to be perusing Etsy enough to notice all the shamans and druids? My wife sent <laughs> me a link to something somebody was selling that she liked. It was just a piece of jewelry. And I noticed that they had a really dumb store name and it was Shaman something. Okay. Uh, it was just a piece of jewelry, so um, I looked. Um, 
So, yeah, that's what that was. Uh, next oh, will be, next will be last. Oh, I'm going to be next? Yes. Oh, God. Awesome. Okay. Yours is plate wearers. So these are centered around um, warriors, death knights, and um, paladins. I have to say, Tello, I'm impressed by the level of preparation you put into this. I, I'm glad. Um, and if I say the word, I'm going to get, if I say the word knight, assume it's the kind with a K. Yeah. K-N-I-G-H-C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And like Roxy, you have three that are both. Okay. All right, are you ready? Yeah, how ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Bubble cakes. Uh, character. That is both. Okay. Bubble wrapped. Both. That is an Etsy store. Death taffy. Uh, character. Etsy store. Sure. Glitter storm. Uh, store. That is actually the most popular warrior name in WoW. Griffin great. warrior. Uh, store. Yes. Nightlight. Character. Oh, both. Both. Yes, it is both. Uh, Night Sparkle. The store. Yes. Uh, Meadow Knight. Store. That's both. Uh, Micro Death. Micro Death. They've got to be a character. Yes. Pop My Bubble. Both. That is a character, so I'll give you half. Okay. All right. Good job, Blast. Is that 10? Yep, that was 10. You got 5.5, so Roxy's still in the lead. So, yay! I feel like Roxy's is easier. Hey! <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, her list is the one I came up with first, so that might be possible. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> your list, Zalis, is... I don't have an overarching cart category like the other two, but um, it's mages and healers. Oh, okay. So it could be, you know, mage spec names or healer yep. spec names or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um... And once again, there's three that are both. Okay. Which surprised me when I made my list. <laughs> All right, ready? I am. Arcane archetype. Character. Etsy. All right. Cross blesser. Both. That is a Warcraft character. Faith melter. Uh, store. So that's a character. Fire mm-hmm. lily. Uh, store. That is both. Frosted Willow. Uh, character. That's a store. Healing Sun. Oh uh, character. That's both. Holy Mess. Character. That one's both. Prey Station. Store. Uh, that one's a Warcraft character. Refreshments. Uh, character. Yes. And Wizard at Work. Character. That's an Etsy store. Oh my! Right. So I didn't do well. <laughs> I. Uh, you had three points. Great. So our champion of Etsy, <laughs> Etsy store or Warcraft here for the first night is Roxanne. Well, congratulations! Yay! Bro. Thank you. <laughs> I, I thought this was going to be easier than it was. Um, it was but I did horrible. In each, <laughs> I went and got a list of about. 20 Etsy stores. And then I went to, you know, worldofwarcraft.com and started popping them in the character search. And honestly, more than half of them came up as characters. Wow. It was hard to cut down. Everything is a Warcraft character. If people can think of a stupid name for their WoW character, characters, they will. Um, for every Lassarian out there, there's somebody named Bubble Cakes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I will admit, I have a stupidly named WoW character. I have... Um, my gnome rogue is named Waffle Socket. 
I could never do stupid names like that. Just because uh, in the quest text when they say your name, I just it would bug me if. Hello, it, Waffle Socket. Exactly. Yeah. When Waffle Socket <laughs> saves the world and slays the dragon, I just it ruins the immersion. So, congratulations, Roxanne, our first Thank winner of you. Etsy Store Warcraft character. That was a really creative game. Thank you. That I stole was. it. I stole it from Chris Hardwick's new show on Comedy Central at midnight. Uh, oh. His his game was Etsy Store or Porn Movie. So, there's that. So now we'll get on um, to Zalus. Mm-hmm. In the spotlight. In the spotlight. Now, we've made some couple passing references to the fact that you're a youngster. Yes. you got school in the morning. Um, I do. When did you join NOR, to your recollection? Oh, man. Uh, well, it was back in Classic WoW. I know for sure I was... Uh, I remember when, but I don't remember the year. I was going to ask earlier, but... Uh, yeah, I think you were probably right when you talked to me earlier. I was probably about nine, so... Sixteen now. Whatever that was. <laughs> so... No, obviously, Years ago. You're no, your uh, legacy, yeah. so your dad recruited you. Yes, my dad recruited me. I remember you playing Dark Age of Camelot. You weren't in Nord, yeah. but I remember him running around with you. Yep, that was my first MMO. And you were like five or six. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was interesting. And I remember towards the end of my time there, you were actually better than some of our members <laughs> as a six-year-old. So uh, natural, yeah. You're, yeah, you are. <laughs> His roster says uh, he was recruited in 2007, or, or acquired in 2007. That sounds uh, good, right? Yeah, I think he sat down for. I think he waited a while before he actually he actually got squired. Yeah, yeah. No, it, no, he was there before that because I remember him playing on WoW earlier than that. I think yeah, Rollis did the. The smart thing with a parent introducing their kids to MMOs. He always played when when you did, yeah. and um, he waited a long time before really involving you in the greater guild. Because especially in WoW, we had some personalities. There's a good guild that grew up in though. There's like I remember there wasn't too much drama that I remembered at least in WoW, and uh, it's a lot more friendly, family friendly than a lot of the other ones I could have joined. He always said, uh, I can't group with anybody that's not in the guild or not him because uh, he wanted to shelter me from the terrible people out there. <laughs> right. Turn off trade chat, turn off general exactly. chat, turn off battlegrounds chat. Yeah. 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 So what are you doing in the guild now? We touched on it at the top, but... Uh, well, I am a baron. You just sort of recently promoted a baron. And I'm trying to rebuild the guild, uh, that branch, which has sort of died down in the last few months uh, by recruiting new members as well as uh, trying to get some of the old members who already bought a copy of the game to come try it out again by uh, posting articles about the new updates and how the game has changed and improved over the months in the past year since it released on the forums. Why don't you Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you think so the, some of the most if you've been you were playing before the changes occurred and, and you're still playing if you were to yeah. if you had a, a group of of people who have purchased Guild Wars two listening to the podcast how would you pitch that tell them you know what's what's yeah. changed that's, that's kept you there all right so um, 
First of all, uh, the biggest change is uh, to the end game and what they want uh, to be focusing on. At the very beginning of Guild Wars, when it first released, they didn't have a whole lot of end game. They didn't really have much direction. They focused on dungeons and you getting your gear, but they didn't really anticipate on people getting the max gear as fast as they did and completing uh, levels 1 through 80 as fast as they did. And so they didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare for uh, keeping people busy. So all you had to do was uh, do dungeons, and after that, there was the world bosses. But beyond that, there wasn't a whole lot to keep people busy, so they just kind of left. And then they decided that they wanted to release content because uh, that's what Arena that's always been known for, even in Guild Wars 1, is releasing content uh, over short periods of time. In Guild Wars 1, I believe it was like six months in between expansions as opposed to the year of other MMOs. And so they wanted to give players more content to play uh, very often to keep them busy. Um, their first attempt at that was Shadow of the Mad King, which is the original Halloween update. And uh, that was pretty good, but then the one after that was called uh, Lost Shores, and that introduced a new map, and that was a disaster with leg issues and weird uh, attempts at doing the event in phases. Uh, but a few months later, they kind of locked it down to now they wanted to release content every two weeks and give people a whole new set of achievements and a new story to, uh, uh, op- it's, the story's different than the personal story, so it has nothing to do with the main bad guys, which are the dragons that are trying to destroy the world. It's something completely different. And, uh, this story progresses every two weeks, and all the content is temporary. So, uh, the dungeons that are released for the living story are oftentimes taken away every two weeks after the uh, event is over. So uh-huh. you have to be there to uh, experience it. And that is supposed to drive people to log in every once in a while, maybe uh, twice a week, try to get as much done as they can. It's supposed to be casual friendly. And they're trying to appeal to everybody by... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. I'm reading my thing as I do this. I'm trying to appeal to everybody by uh, making improvements to all aspects of the game, like uh, PvP, they add new maps, but they also add new dungeons of the game and revamp things. Other than the living story, uh, they added looking for group system, which was a big reason that people left, is because it was really hard to find a group to do a lot of the dungeons and things that uh, they wanted to have groups for. If they didn't have a guild, they couldn't get people to group with them and help them through the content. So they added looking for group system, and you can get a group in about uh, about two seconds. You can find a full group for almost anything in the game. Uh, another thing is achievement rewards. They used to have no reason for you to do achievements other than the occasional title, but now every 500 achievement points you get gold as well as skins and other rewards like magic find and experience gained. That's account-wide bonuses. Uh, they added better daily achievements that require, or that reward a special currency that you can buy anything from mini pets to crafting materials with those. They increased rewards given to dungeons. Now, every time you complete a dungeon pass, you get one to three gold per day per pass. So, if you run, uh, a full dungeon all three paths, then you can get up to about six gold, nine gold. Uh, that helps improve the economy by putting more gold into the system, and people feel less poor. Originally, nobody had any money, and everybody was begging, and uh, they felt like they couldn't waypoint or fast travel around the world. 
because they didn't have any more than a gold. As soon as they got a gold where they were leveling, they had to spend it on these training manuals, which you needed to spend your traits on. But now I have 150 gold. People have less than that, but they have uh, more than just one or two like they did at the beginning, so they feel like they're struggling less and they can enjoy the game more. Um, they're revamping the world boss fight, so if you don't want to do Dungeons with Living Story, you can go around uh, once a day to get gold and crafting materials. You can uh, do the world bosses, which most notable ones are the Three Dragons. They did an update a couple weeks ago where they completely revamped the Tequato fight, which is the undead dragon champion in uh, Spark 5 Fen. They made it more like a raid in other games because they didn't want to do actual raids in instances, so they decided to uh, answer that by making it sort of open-world raid with these world event bosses, where it requires about 100, 200 people to do this all in one map, and they have to work together with extreme coordination for uh, good rewards and chances at the new tier of weapons, which is called Ascended. Um, Other than that, there's a few more minor things. If you ask me, all the major complaints that people had at the beginning of the uh, game's release, mostly fixed. You can go and search the releases pages and read all the different things that they did over the two-week updates. Uh, Zalas, how, the, how yeah. have you found the two-week updates to be holding up? I mean, that seems really aggressive, but you're finding that they're, they're okay? Yeah, the way they do it is they have four teams working on them now, so each team has eight weeks to work on their little section. And then every two weeks, you get to see uh, each different team's section. So they have eight weeks to work on it, and we get to see one every two weeks. And most of them are good. Some of them are lacking in actual content, but make up for that in, let's say, revamping the world boss, like Tequila that I talked about a second ago. There wasn't a whole lot to do as far as story, but uh, people spent the two weeks fighting that boss over and over trying to beat it. Oh, wow. And other ones add a dungeon and or they revamp a dungeon. They just revamped a dungeon path, sort of like they did the uh, Tequato fight. They scrapped one dungeon path in uh, Twilight Arbor that nobody seemed to like, and they replaced it with something that did the living story, and it's a lot more challenging, and it, the mechanics are better than all the dungeons, in my opinion. Oh. And, yeah, so it does vary a little bit, but for the most part, I feel like there's at least enough content to keep the casual player uh, busy for two weeks until the next event comes out. Now, is the new content, this, the, the story updates, the, the two-week cycle, is that available pretty much to any player of any level, or do you have to be level 80 to, to really enjoy it? Uh, if they release a new map, which they did in Lost Shores, for instance, uh, every player can go there for that two weeks, It's designed to be a level 80 map, but during the events, they scale everybody up to level 80, so you can at least be powerful enough to fight everything there. After that, that. then they scale it down so only level 80s can uh, survive there. And most of the stuff, they seem to be trying to make it take place in level 20 areas through level 60 areas. Uh, That way, people can experience this when they first come into the game. They can see what the living story is all about where an invasion during one of the events called uh, Clockwork Chaos, every hour on the hour, there would be an invasion of a random map. And it would be maps 20 through 80. And uh, this way, people, they have a a message that everybody can see when the invasion starts. So that way, lower levels can get into it. 
And it since it's <laughs> sorry, having trouble talking here. Since uh the maps are chosen from level twenty, then relatively low level characters can experience this new content too and get a feel for what the living story is actually like. Okay. Well that's uh that's quite a bit. I mean it sounds to me like it's it's worth taking another look at Guild Wars too. Yeah, I feel like our main hope right now to try to get people to play Guild Wars 2 is the people that uh, already own Guild Wars 2 and spent money on it. Since it's not a subscription-based game, they can just log in and see what the sure. new content offers. If they don't think that it's up their alley, then they can just log in uh, at a later time with this different update, see if they like that. If they just aren't getting into it, then, you know, whatever, they just don't have to come back. But uh, it's easier to try to get back into Guild Wars 2 rather than like WoW for instance where you have to subscribe again and you have to feel like you're obligated to play because you have to pay money every week but for this if you already bought the game you don't have to spend a dime. True enough. Yeah. Sounds awesome. I think I might have to take a look at it because I really mm, I didn't I didn't I don't know I got really bored with the game so I never even maxed out my character so be yeah. The only reason that I kept playing that game from after everybody else left is because I'm like, it has to get better from here. It can't stay like this. And uh, about half, six months, I think, after the release, they released this one article that talked about what they wanted to do for the rest of 2013. And they did most of the things on that list. And the article that I wrote uh, on the forums, I posted that and I created a link as well as other links to the releases that, um, like, my favorites. And, uh, yeah, they, they are adding a lot, and most of the complaints that people had are fixed. There's a couple little things, but I think they did a good job at trying to clean it up. Well, I'm going to give it another shot, Dallas. I'm going to take it. I mean, I, I don't know that I'll become a, a permanent resident. I don't know how often I'll yeah. play it, but I'm certainly going to, to get in there and, and, uh, and give it another look and give it another, give it another chance. And obviously, if that, if, you know, if we can help you out at all, um, while we're there or while I'm there, I'll, I'll certainly do that. Oh, I I had a question for you. Um, sure. You had mentioned something about trying to have a, a glue event. Yes. Uh, I uh, The reason it might be a little bit hard to get this to work is it's going to have to be on short notice because this isn't a totally free game. You have to actually buy a copy of the game, but there's no subscription fee after that, so you pay the... 40, 60 bucks, whatever it is right now. And then it's free to play after that. But in order to get a glue event going, we have to wait for one of their free to play weeks, which they just recently got one done. And uh, the main problem is they don't give a whole lot of warning. They just say, okay, this week through uh, next week, we're going to have a free to play thing where it's a free download. But then after that, if you still want to play the game, you have to go and buy a copy. Yeah, they're not big on a lot of notice, even with their sales. I mean, they, they just did that sale yeah. the, 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 over this weekend was 40% off its price, and they announced it, you know, the day it started. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I think they'd do better for themselves to release, like, a, yeah, just something about a week early. Like, <laughs> there's no benefit to that at all. <laughs> well, maybe they'll get better at it, or maybe we'll just catch... Everybody on the right spin, and also if you get you get a couple of people coming back to play, even casually, even a couple of nights a week, that'll be enough to to maybe kindle a little interest. 
uh, in the branch again. Maybe get some people to maybe they don't want to spend fifty bucks or sixty bucks. They wait yeah. for the next sale cycle to come through. They're willing to drop thirty. Um, you know, that's that's two months of Warcraft. That's not a hard argument to make. Yeah, I uh, absolutely. I uh, I'm gonna keep track of that. Kind of go on the website every day, see what they got. Uh, I'm not gonna have any warning ahead of anybody else, but. I do think it's at a reasonable price. I don't know what the full price is right now. Uh, probably, I'd estimate that about fifty bucks. Um, yeah, it's fifty and sixty, I think, for the two versions that are available now. Yeah. You know, if people want to spend money on it, then you know, awesome. I've actually seen a couple people at playing since I put that post out. Oh, good. Yeah, every day that I played, I was kind of busy the last couple of days, so I don't know about those days, but I saw at least one other person on. Uh, you in the first day, but yeah, these couple people that I have my bigger faces, they logged on for a couple hours. So we've been doing better the last couple of days than we have for the last months. But I think all we really can do is inform people about how it's changed because how would they know unless somebody tells them? Exactly right. Yeah. No, you're just going to have to repeat yourself over and over again until you're sick of hearing yourself post. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to try to do breakdowns of all the new posts in the Guild Wars 2 forums. I did that one short uh, post about how it improved. We got that longer one coming out probably in a couple of days. And uh, see where that gets us. Try to talk to people that left the game, see if they want to log in. Um, other than that, I guess continue to post on the Guild Recruitment forums. If none of that works, then I don't know. <laughs> That's probably last hope. I think you got a uh, you got a good start, you know. I mean, it's yeah. Give it give it time. You're gonna have to just you're just gonna have to hang in there. But you know, I, your attitude's perfect. You know, you're very very positive. You're undeterred, apparently. Um, you know, just you know, <laughs> keep your yeah. keep your positive attitude going, and then stick to it, and just keep repeating yourself till you're blue in the face. And I, I think you'll I think you'll get some traction. Yeah, yeah you... I talked about the high council meeting about Tundra and how he ended up turning around uh, Star Wars. And he, that used to be a dead branch, but he turned it around. Been talking to him since I became a Baron, kind of kept in touch. He's been helping us recruit. And I think, uh, like I mentioned, I'm going to try to talk to him, see if he can help me out at all, because he'd probably be my best asset, I think. Well, and, you know, don't forget about Lass. He did the same thing for Warcraft. That's right. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm an old, I'm a has-been. <laughs> it's good. It's a what have you done for me lately situation. <laughs> I'll bake him cookies or something. Awesome. Thank you, Zalas. Yeah, thanks, Alice. Yeah. That was awesome. Well done. Yeah, thank you. That that really gets uh gets me excited about the game again. Just hearing all that. So yeah, I, I think the, we're gonna, sorry, go ahead. Well I was say that's that's the goal is to try to get people at least interested enough to log on. And the next uh, update is this Tuesday, so 29th. Uh, but, yeah, that's really all I have to say. All right, well, I'll be checking it out again, like I said, and uh, and I'll drag rocks with me, kicking and screaming. Yeah, you won't, I won't be kicking and screaming. Well, one of us will be kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be you. It could be. All right, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on here to our next uh, our next segment. I'm gonna deviate a little bit from the plan. Um, I'm gonna hit one of the I, I posted on the forums uh, inviting the members to ask questions. 
So I'm going to read off one of those questions, and then we'll we'll answer it, and then uh, and we'll move on from there. So this week's question is from OJ from Ojiki, and he asks: uh, After all the guild has been through, uh, what has not only kept you with NOR for so long, but what has kept you in your position? What is it like being on the HC? If someone is aspiring to be an HC member in the future, what advice do you have? I guess this is, I should, I, I, I must have cut out a part that said this was a question level directly at the HC. So, Rox, care to take a whack at that? Um, okay. Well, what's that? Nobody said anything. You're hearing ghosts. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I thought I heard my name. Uh, Okay, um, well, the thing about being an HC member, well, let me back up and say, I've been an HC member since 1995, so I've been on the HC a long time, and I've seen a lot of things. I've seen people come and go, I've seen really great, talented officers, and I've seen people that, you know, just weren't, um, and the thing to me about being a good officer and if you want to join the AC is that you have to be um, selfless you know you have to put the guilds what's best for the guild in front of what you feel is best and you know sometimes I don't know it just helps to talk with um, people like Lass a fellow AC member and and try to figure out, well, what is best for the guild? You know what I mean? Because to me, being an HC, HC member is, um, we're, that's our sole for, focus is looking out for what's best for NOR and for its members. Um, you know, and certainly we, we try to help the, uh, Dukes and lower members as much as we can. But to me, being an HC member is all about keeping what's best for the guild, number one. Um, so, I don't know. Does that answer the question? Well, sure. Yeah. So, um, and if you aspire to be an HC member, um, we're only down to four now. Uh, is that right? Yeah. We have four current HC members. And we could certainly use more help um, if you think that you might be interested in in doing that. Then you need to stay focused, um, devote your time to the guild, um, try to help your branch succeed, um, and you will be noticed for these things. Um, Last can tell you, we notice when officers and members do a great job, even though we might not play in that game. We still notice things. I'm not a member of the... Well, you can go ahead, Lass. Go ahead, no. I'm not a member of the HC, but I'd like to take a crack at the first half of the question. Sure. Um, what has kept you in North for so long? Um, for me, ultimately, it's social anxiety disorder. Um, <laughs> it, no, I, I'm, I'm being serious. When I was playing Dark Age of Camelot, I did not approach Alina, Lakasha, and Talonor when they were out questing. They approached me. Um, if they hadn't done that, I wouldn't be in Nor because I never would have sent them a whisper and said, hey, can I join your group? It would not have happened. I have never sent that to anybody ever in any of the games I've played. I don't do that. 
So, you know, when I move from game to game, I always look to see if Nora's there first, because I know there's, those are people I can play with. I mean, I'm hosting a podcast. I have social anxiety disorder. It takes a lot to get me on the microphone talking to people. So I'm comfortable here. That's why I'm in Nora. Wow, I had no idea, Cal. Yeah, I used to aspire to be on the High Council. Now I don't really care. Um, not, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, if if it happens one day, it happens. But that's not my goal anymore. Now I'm just trying to have fun with, with my friends. This is my family now. Yeah, and and that should be uh, a, an attraction to join NOR. When I joined NOR, it was back in the days of the Imagination Network and playing on uh, Shadow of Euserbius. And it was totally different from what it is today. Um, you know, but the reason, you know, I'm, I've been in NOR for so long and I'm still here is because of my good friends that I've made who I feel like are my family. Um, whenever a game comes out, I always think, well, you know, or, you know, Bo, is he going to be playing it? Um, is Tal going to be looking at it? You know, that's what I look for is more nor. Um, you know, that's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I uh, I think the main thing about this guild, it's not about, like, how well the people play that you remember, like it might be for some other guilds. It's, uh, I think it's the personality of the people that's really charming about this guild. Like, my favorite people in the guild are the people uh, from uh, WoW. Because that's the one that I played for the longest time for like some like eight years since I was uh, whatever we decided seven eight nine and uh, yeah like my family because I grew up with them <laughs> and uh, yeah I don't know it's just something about it I think on the guild website the first page says uh, something about this guild just it gets under your skin and sinks into your bones and yeah that's exactly it yeah I uh, I uh... I'm going to take a crack at this, too. What is it like being on the HC? Well, OJ, it's it's kind of like taking your bottom lip and pulling it up over your head. <laughs> uh, if you're aspiring to become an HC member in the future, I, I can tell you, you know, don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, what a change of <laughs> Kidding. Is, is it sort of like somebody who says they want to run for president of the United States? There's this severe level of narcissism you have to have in your life to even say that. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think I think any active, engaged officer maybe has a little bit of that. I mean, you, you certainly there's certainly a personality type, uh, but I, I don't want to go off on that tangent. Um, when I first <laughs> when I first became an officer of NOR, um, I was into it for the the cool and groovy factor, like, oh, I'm a duke, uh, that's cool, you know, and I was into it for the title, and it was, and it was really all the wrong reasons to, to have accepted uh, an officer's position. Um, the longer I've been in the guild and the longer I've been an officer, the more it seems to me, the higher in rank you go, the, the, the more service you, you offer to the guild and to your guild mates that that's what it's become about to me so to me the high council members the, or being on the hc is is the highest level of of service you can offer to your your fellow guild mates uh or at least it should be at least that's how i i see it so so when i view um you know rox had, had talked about um having sort of to subvert your own 
your own wishes or your own desires. You know, and you're you're required to to eat some crow sometimes. You know, you're required to to listen to opinions you may not necessarily hear or to hear someone out who you completely wholeheartedly disagree with or try to explore somebody else's point of view that you simply have trouble fitting even into your mind. Um, so it can be very challenging um, to respect or your 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 guildmates or the the, the rules that we set up uh, or even the process. Um, but it's also you know it's also challenging in a, in a good way. Uh, it's uh, I found it very personally uh, satisfying to be challenged. Thus, I found I, I'm you know capable of of uh, of uh, well, things that I didn't, you know, wasn't too sure. I was like, like hearing a point, you know, if I hear somebody's opinion, and I just want to tell them to shut the hell up. You know, you can't do that. You know, you, you have to, you have to let them air their opinions, and you have to, you have to he- listen to them. So that's very important. Oh God, is it? I don't know how badly I bungled that, but that's kind of <laughs> how I see it. And NORs, how you know what's kept me in it? You know, I. The the only thing you can I've said this before the only thing you can take with you from game to game are your friends you know you forget the gear forget the achievements forget any of that crap you can't you know six months after playing a game you're not even going to remember that stuff the only thing you can really bring with you are your friends um, and that's that's what an OR means to me I can pick up you know I may I have not played a game with Bo in I don't know it's probably been three months four months longer. Um, but he and I, if we get into a game again together, we'll pick up right where we left off, whether it's been six months or whether it's been a year. And I, I would say it's like that with just about any member that I've ever encountered. Yeah, I agree. Do we want to tackle OJ's second question? Oh, I don't know. Did you want to? I put that up there just in case. But um, do you want to do the second question? Or I like his second along? question. What's that? I like his second question. Do you? Okay. Do you yeah. want me to read it? I got it. Go ahead. As technology and Internet, social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube become more and more a part of everyday activities, it's a possibility to want to add guildmates as friends on Facebook or ask for their Twitter account or even go so far as to ask for their phone number just to text the person, hey, what are the podcast host's opinions on this? And to each of you, when is is or isn't it appropriate to go outside the guild in-game or here on the forums to interact with guildmates? I ask because some of us are very close and some of us even get the chance to meet each other in the real world. My opinion on this is, in Nor, there is nobody in Nor I wouldn't feel comfortable asking to be a friend on Facebook or Twitter um, or even for their phone number to text them. There is nobody in this guild I would not feel comfortable asking that to. Um, I don't think it's inappropriate to ask it to anybody. Um, the only time it would be inappropriate is if they say, no, I don't want to do that, then it dies. You don't ask them again. You don't push them for it. But otherwise, like I said before, this guild is family. So if you want to interact with them outside of games or outside of the forums, I I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be able to approach that person for that. That's a great question. I mean, um, and I, I agree with Tal. Primarily, you know, if I think it, it's it's your level of comfort that's that's important. So if if you're, I mean, you have some members that are just very relaxed about sharing this information and could care less how many people know their phone number or are added on Facebook. And then you've got some people that are a bit more uh, private or guarded with this information and may be more reluctant. You know, the I think the answer is is just to, um, you know, go with your gut. You know, if you are interacting with somebody on a regular basis and, and are 
wanting to interact with them more, uh, you just ask. And if they say yes, then, then that's great. And if they take a pass, try not to take it personally. Um, it's, uh, I don't think it says anything about you. I think it speaks more to their level of comfort. And as long as you understand that, I, I think you'd be fine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, back in the day, there was a lot of anonymity uh, when you played online. Today, there's not. Um, and I'm fine with that. I think that's great. I would give anyone in this field my phone number if they wanted it for, for any kind of reason. You know, I'd share just about anything with them. But there are some players that aren't comfortable doing that, and I recognize that. And uh, I think that if you want to interact with someone that is on Facebook or whatever, you know, like Lass says, if you ask and they say no, then just be as gracious as possible and recognize that they might not feel comfortable. Just like Tallow shared with us, you know, he has a social anxiety disorder. Or I don't know how, how you phrase that, Tallow, but, um, you know, there's some people that just are not comfortable with sharing their public life, you know, with their online life, if that makes any sense. And, you know, the one, there's another, you know, if they say no, don't push them. I think we've established that. The second one is, you know, when you meet that person on Facebook or on Twitter or on whatever, they may not be the same as they are in the guild. Um, or you may end up talking about things that aren't what you would normally talk about in the guild. Um, I'm friends with Helene on Facebook. Um, we've been friends in the guild since I joined. When it comes to Facebook, we are on opposite sides of the political spectrum, so we don't engage <laughs> each other on that topic. Um, oh, yeah. We, we just simply don't engage each other on that topic because what we do in-game and you know, the fun we have is more important than arguing about things like gun control or anything like that. So if you do reach out to somebody and you do become friends over that medium, you have to understand that just because they're in a raid group with you and they do the same things with you at night doesn't mean that they're the same elsewhere. And you have to be cognizant of that, and you can't let that ruin a good thing. Yeah, that's a that's a, a really good point, Tal. You know, NOR, for all of its virtues, is also extremely, I don't know how to put it, neutral as far as we try to keep the RL stuff as far out of the guild environment as we can is really not to say that there's no place for it. I'm not saying we don't discuss personal things or that we don't have close friendships. I mean, I've, I've gone on vacation with some of our members and remember, you know, people have stayed here with us and, you know, so that's, that's not what I'm saying, but you also have to compartmentalize a little bit and sort of respect the, the guild social compact of, you know, the, the real world is the real world. And then there's the, the online world that we have created. Um, you know, we don't, we've got enough, conflict and uh, animosity in the real world to go around. We don't need to invite it into the guild where it really serves no purpose. Yeah, like, it might be nice to put a, you know, a face to the voice when you're talking to them on TeamSpeak or whatever, but uh, also just you might want to be careful because if you're not the same person, like Tala said, it's just, it might be a little bit weird. And, uh, yeah, a while back, uh, I think it was Roxy, <laughs> I think she commented on one of the videos I put on Facebook, and it was a little bit uh, weird, because I think my dad shared it, and she's probably friends with him on Facebook. It was a little bit weird, because I'm like, oh, now she knows uh, 
now she knows what I do, uh, you know, out in the real world, but it didn't, like, bother me because I'm not that kind of person. I don't care if everybody knows, but uh, just proceed with caution. Yeah, that that can be weird. And I'm sorry if I weirded you out. <laughs> well, unfortunately for, for Zalas, that's one of the things he has to deal with as a legacy, is that I believe we're all Facebook friends with his dad, which means that his, a parent's job is at least in part to embarrass their children. Sure. Um, that's just like the social compact you sign with God when you decide to have kids. I will embarrass this child. So... It, it's that's you know part and parcel to the deal that you know he's friends with Roxy, so Roxy has to embarrass his son. That's just how it works. It, just for the record, uh, you did not weird me out. It was just uh, you caught me off guard because I saw uh, your Facebook name has uh, Roxanne in parentheses, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that, that's uh, it's, it's a little bit weird. I just didn't expect that at all. But no. I guess now you know a bit more about me. So, and uh, yeah, I'm not the kind of person to like just be awkward about it anymore. Or I didn't, I'm not going to be awkward about it, and I don't care if you know everything that I do. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I will say this. If it's any consolation, you're great. Just say it. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we'll always look out after you, us older nor like, you know, lass. He'll always be there for you. I will too, but, you know. <laughs> all right we're gonna move a long way from our questions here yeah i think that's all our questions thank you oj for the great questions yes and you know yeah, forum thread is open so if anybody's got any questions for next time we will try to give you our insightful and or half-cocked answers probably half-cocked most <laughs> of the time i would say half-assed i'm a huge fan of half-cocked ideas yeah i just throw them out and you know, I just try to get under Lass's skin. Um, uh-huh. Going to move on. Lass is going to tell us about the Stanley Parable. And yeah, I've been looking forward to doing this. I've been looking forward to hearing about. Oh so yeah. Take it away. All right. Well, the Stanley Parable is a uh, a relatively, really relatively new game. Um, uh, in its current version, I'll start at the beginning though. It's it's by uh, Galactic Cafe. Um, that's uh, comprised of primarily of, of uh, two guys, uh, Davey. Renan and uh, William Pugh. Uh, the original game was released in 2011, but it was re-released in an HD version through the Steam uh, Greenlight uh, section of the, the Steam account. It's uh, available on Steam now, actually, for about 15 bucks. I think that's its regular price. And uh, although I, I purchased it for about 10, I, I happened to see it on sale. And after trying the demo, I, I simply could not resist. Uh, it's won a number of awards, uh, including three from the uh, Independent Games Festival, the uh, Nouveau Game, uh, the Narrative Excellence Award, and, in fact, the grand prize for the entire festival. Uh, I think they got thirty or $50,000 for that. Um, the uh, I, I'm not going to tell you – I'm going to try to talk around the game as much as I can and just sort of describe the experience because it's really – I don't want to spoil it for anyone, I, I, but I, I, I do want to talk about it, you know, at least to the, to the degree that I, I can. Uh, first, there's the demo, and you know, even if you've made up your mind to try the game, do the demo. Um, even if you haven't made up your mind to do the uh, do the demo, because it's it's really unlike any demo I have I've ever seen. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the uh, the gameplay itself is is actually quite simple, quite straightforward. Um, it is a uh, it is a first person 
3D, uh, kind of like a puzzle game. I'm not sure it fits neatly into any particular category. It's a, the game controls are, are, are quite simple and quite limited. It's just, just you know, left, right, forward, backwards, crouch, and click to interact with things. There's absolutely no jumping. Um, there's really nothing else. You don't see your own character. You, there's no uh, stats of any kind. You know, it, it's just sort of a, a walkthrough type of puzzle game in a way. Um, it, it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of the television show The Prisoner, uh, the original one in 1967. If anybody um, happens to have ever seen that show, I, I first watched The Prisoner. Uh, about 15 years ago, uh, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep, uh, and I ran into it by accident, and my, my jaw just hit the floor of the show, it was so weird. Uh, the, g- the game is like that in, in many ways, it's, it's without a doubt the strangest game I have ever played. Um, I've got a, probably about, I don't know, 5 or 6 hours into it now, and according to the developers, you should be able to f- complete it all with all of its various endings. Um, in that time, in, in five hours, but I can tell you that's just, I think he was being sarcastic. Um, basically, when you when you work your way through any of the various, it's not puzzles like, like Laura Croft puzzles or, or, or those sorts, or even like uh, uh, Myst or, or any of those sorts of games. It's, it's more of a, a, you make a decision, you go down this door, you go down this hallway, or you explore this, uh, and each time you do, there's sort of this separate, conclusion that you can reach, although I, it's, it's even hard to say that the, the conclusion is, in fact, uh, a, a real thing, because you, you invariably have the option to return to right back where you started at the beginning, uh, or you're forced to go right back to the beginning. Um, you, can only, you can only really do that, at least for me, I could only do that, you know, a couple of times. I did that about five or six times before I'd, I'd had enough for that moment. I, I returned to it, um, but you, you can... Weary of the game in a in sort of a long stretch, so you, you put in a couple of hours, you can you, you can certainly get tired of it, um, but you, it'll 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 nag you for sure because uh, it, it's just such a bizarre uh, and interesting and uh, uniquely done game. Um, one of the principal components of it is the narrator, and the uh, the narrator. Uh, it does an outstanding job during the game. Um, he talks out of character. He talks in character. He talks about the game. Um, he actually speculates about himself, about the narrator and who the narrator is, whether or not it's it's Stanley's thoughts or whether or not it's some disembodied voice. Uh, and there, in fact, there's also more than more than one narrator. The um, the gags, uh, for the most part, they're good. It's funny. Um, for me, though, it, it, some of them have a, a tendency to, to ramble a, a little bit over long for my level of patience. You know, it reminds me of, uh, uh, if anybody watches Family Guy, that the tangent jokes that they go out on, uh, that they're funny for the first minute or so, but Seth MacFarlane thinks it's funny, so he'll, he'll keep doing it for another five minutes. Um, well, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, yeah, Seth, I think it's funny but and very clever, thank you, it's, but it's time to move on already. Um, so, but now that the humor is, is, is in any way, like, Family Guy, it's not. It's it's very dry. It's very ironic. Um, if you enjoyed Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, if you enjoyed reading those books, you, th- this game will absolutely appeal to you. Um, yeah, so the game never never really ends. Um, you're just faced with multiples of multiples of multiples of choices that, you know, so you make choice A, and that leads you to choice B and C, and that leads you to choice C and D, and, and you can kind of skip around and really make a, a lot of independent decisions within the parameters that the game sets for you. Uh, there's a forum out there um, dedicated entirely for the so-called endings. 
It actually opened up. This thing released in, in uh, just a couple of weeks ago, in, in the middle of October, the, the new HD version did. Um, and there was a, a forum opened up uh, the next day that said uh, it had uh, it had discovered about five endings, um, distinct endings to the game that reset you back to the beginning. Uh, within a week, it was 10. Uh, last time I checked, it was 14. It may even be more now. Uh, just before the podcast tonight, I, I logged in and, and played for a couple of minutes just to sort of goof around. Uh, and I, uh, what I originally played, I found about five or five or six of the ones that they had listed on these forums. But, but tonight, before the podcast, I started playing a little bit uh, and actually stumbled into one that wasn't on the list, any of the lists that I've seen yet. So I don't know how many endings there are. Nobody knows how many endings there are. There's there's a lot of speculation on the forums, uh, and the developer himself is saying, "Oh no, no, you can finish the game in five hours." But I'm telling you, that's he's you know he's full of it because there's, there's obviously. More than than the 14 endings um, that they've even listed. I don't like I said. I, I should go back to that site and check to see how many they're up to and see if the one I found is on there. Uh, but uh, it's a very bizarre game, and uh, you know, not too pricey. And if you want to wait for a sale to come around, you know, you can pick it up for 10 bucks or less, or you can try the demo just to see if you're, you know, if you're speculative about the sort of bizarre nature of the game. And it definitely is funky. I'll, I'll give it that. But uh, I, I'm glad I bought it. It's, for me, I think it's probably my, my favorite purchase on Steam so far. Now, I've, we've talked to me lately. You've gotten into more independent and experimental games. And I find this weird. Going back to the second question OJ asked when I talked about how when you meet somebody outside of a game, they might not be the same person they are in. <laughs> I always ascribe people certain personality traits based on their characters. You were a gray-haired warrior, so, and you're kind of, you know, old codger stodgy. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. So that is, you know, that just, you know, created a certain picture of you in my mind. What has brought you into these more independent experimental games lately? Uh, well, I think that, you know, to the point of that question is you never really know, you know, your idea of somebody may may be different than than the reality. I, these games are the types of games that, that really appeal to me. Um, games like like A Parable, like Stanley's Parable, or um, what was the other one we played there? Uh, you played too, Tala. Limbo? Limbo and um, The Walking Dead. Oh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, The Walking Dead was... It was more of a traditional point-and-click adventure. This yeah, I mean, weird. it was well done. I mean, the art was great, and the, the characterizations was was fun, and it was kind of like being able to watch The Walking Dead with a different cast, so it was cool that way. Um, I didn't think it was terribly... Um, some of the some of the points of that game. I don't want to get into reviewing another game, but uh, but Limbo, Limbo, now that was, uh, that was an extremely... Uh, Disturbing <laughs> looking and uh, and uh, and presented game. I, I certainly did enjoy the the gruesomeness of sort of the almost the the classic horror movie black and white horror film uh, style of it. It was really really beautifully done. I don't know. I you know I, I think I'm I'm just attracted to games that are maybe off the beaten path a little bit or just a slightly unusual or or their developers are just just wackadoo or I don't know. Wackadoo. Just indie games in general. Any games? No, no. I mean, I mean, it could be that I'm simply hard to please. Um, I certainly admit I'm highly critical of most games that I play, uh, but of course I'm still playing them. So you know how how bad could they be? Um, but when I, you know, when I when I get into a game or you know even Guild Wars or Warcraft or you know you you come armed with all these expectations that either are 
Oh well, there's 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 a warrior class, there's a, a healing class, there's a, a mage class. So you're either your expectations are either met or you're disappointed, and, or occasionally you you get pleased along the oh well, this warrior class is actually kind of cool. I like how they did that, or ah, oh, the crafting in uh, Rift is really uh, interesting how they did that instead of the way they did it in Warcraft or the way they did it in Star. You know, but with with this game with uh, the parable of Stan, you know, there were no expectations. All of my expectations sort of flew right out the window, uh, and we're not even in the same structure anymore. I mean, the game took me completely by surprise, and that was a welcome, delightful uh, experience. Yeah. yeah. You go ahead, Dallas. I think a lot of indie games uh, are unique and... Yeah, just very different from uh, the mainstream, especially MMOs. There's not a lot of uh, indie games that are like that. So it, uh, this game we're talking about would fall under the indie game category, right? Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Well, what they try to do with indie games is they try to give you an experience without using any of the tropes that you'd normally associate. So... They they make this game and it's supposed to evoke something in you, whether it's you know a horror game or whatever. Um, but you know there's there's like Amnesia: The Dark Descent came out a couple years ago. This is the most terrifying game I've ever played, and it's one of the very very few survival horror games out there where you don't get to do anything. You don't have a weapon. You can't fight back. Um, you know, whereas, like, Resident Evil started as a survival horror game, but you still had a gun, and now it's basically just a shooter. Um, indie games can still get to the heart of those experiences that marketing departments and guys in suits have beaten out of the AAA game um, studios. They can still do those things that try to make you feel something without having to do it the way that everybody else does it. They don't have to crank out a Call of Duty or anything like that. Right, they certainly have the the freedom of uh, being able to target exactly what it is they they want to do with their game, and it doesn't really matter if they only sell five thousand copies or whatever the hell it is. You know, it's it's you know it's not expensive for them to produce it, and it's not expensive for them to publish it, and they can do it on their own. Yep, they can if they've got the means to live on their own for a couple of months. Then yeah, they do. Yeah, they stay true to what the vision was originally when they came up with the idea too, because it's only about just, like, two guys generally just want to make a game. They do it. A lot of times it's funded by the people who are going to want to play the game when it comes out. So they know their audience, and it's just it's very different from the huge corporations where sometimes the original vision and promises of the game are different. And uh, indie games, a lot of times, they have a specific goal or like an underlying message that they want to get out to their audience. And... Uh, I think they do it in a very unique way. I absolutely agree. I think it's just lovely um, to be able to do that, you know, and not have to, you know, buy into what the big companies want you to play. Um, well, and, you so know, it's a great choice. We talk about, you know, they don't have to sell, or they, they don't always aspire to sell that many copies, but some of these indie games have hit it huge. Um, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but Super Meat Boy yeah. sold a couple of million copies. Um, Terraria, which I have many, many hours in on Steam, sold a couple of million copies. Um, Minecraft was an indie game, obviously, that has sold between the different console, PC, and 
mobile versions, more than 20 million copies. Minecraft is bigger than Call of Duty. Um, right. You know, so they, but some of these games, uh, when it comes to them, I think a lot of people look at them and they place certain judgments on them. Like, they think, you know, this is, you know, a $15 game, but it might only last two or three hours, and, you know, I'm not going to pay $15 for something that's only going to last two or three hours. Well, sure. a movie ticket and a popcorn cost you 15 bucks, and you can't replay that. Um, you know, I'm, you, everybody has to assign their own value to things, but give indie games a look. Some of them, yeah, graphically, they may look like they were played on your Super Nintendo, but that's just because that's what they needed to do to get the game made. It's really hard to make high-res 3D models when there's two of you and, you know, you have 50 different characters to animate, you know? Absolutely. I mean, the basis of a great game has nothing to do with the graphics. Aesthetics is more important than technical prowess. Um, and that's what I think a lot of AAA developers often forget, is they try to get the most technically advanced, wonderful graphics, and they're just soulless when you end up playing their games. Yeah. Um, indie games indie games have come a long way. I've posted many, 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 many of them on the forums over the last several months, um, because I buy them whenever I can. Whenever a Humble Bundle opens, I buy it and give my money to charity. Um, but, yeah, is you know, try the Stanley Parable. It's been getting rave reviews. Last kind of danced around it, and every write-up of it I've seen says that to explain the game is to ruin it. Yeah. So I'm glad he danced around it. Um, um, he mentioned Limbo. Try Limbo. That game is phenomenal. Um, gruesome, terrifying, and ultimately very fun. Um, so, indie games. Go, go, go. Yeah, that uh, lemony snicket kind of way. Yeah, so... There's uh, this documentary, if you have Netflix and you're interested in how these uh, games are made, it's uh, a documentary called Indie Game. It follows a few different game developers and how they're trying to get their game ready, developed, and uh, sold what they have to go through and just the work that they do is uh, really interesting to me. Just yep, it, follows, it follows Jonathan Blow, who made Braid. Um, Braid, Braid, was really this, wild. Braid was really the start of the current indie game golden era that we're in. Um, it launched on Xbox Live Arcade. It sold over a million copies. And when that happened, a whole bunch of game developers left their large soul-sucking jobs at EA or Ubisoft or any other number of companies and started creating their own games. Um, so it talks to Jonathan Blow after his game had come out, and it talks to um, Team Meat, um, Edmund, Edmund McMillan, and I don't remember the other guy's name. They made Super Meat Boy and Phil Fish, who made Fez. Um, and it follows them launching their games, or it follows Team Meat launching Super Meat Boy and Fez getting developed. It didn't get launched until a little bit later. Um, it's a very, very good documentary. You will probably hate one of the members of Team Meat, um, Tommy. That's his name, Tommy Refriends. Um, <laughs> He's he's not, he's he's very opinionated. Um, whereas Edmund McMillan comes through the doc- documentary just looking fantastic um, as a guy you want to cheer for and hope for. Phil Fish, you know, is a mixed bag, but it's a it's a very good documentary. Another good documentary, I don't believe it's on Netflix, is um, Minecraft: The Story of Mojang. Um, it basically enters the offices at Mojang, who makes Minecraft, and followed them through you know, the initial stages of creating the game, um, updating it, it becoming a giant phenomenon, goes to MineCon, their conference with them. Uh, that's a very good documentary as well. 
I'll have to look for that because I've seen the first one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll post them in the show notes. Oh, good, good. Yeah, um, that second one sounds really good, and I'd like to see it. Yes. All right, I think that's it for the Stanley Parable. Yep. Which I will buy Thursday when I get paid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so don't I'm forget the demo. Don't don't cheat yourself yes, out. Yeah, gotta get the demo. demo. Yeah, you do. All right, then. We're talking about a puzzler, a no-brainer. No-brainer, yeah. Uh, so we're going to, I guess, yeah. I think getting towards the end of the, the podcast here at long last. So the idea here is I'm going to, it's it's just a complete rip-off of Car Talk. It's the puzzler. Um, so we're just going to put out a, a riddle or a puzzle or some sort of challenge for the members if they're listening to the podcast. Uh, and I think what I'll do is I'm going to put a section in the forums under the podcast uh, called No-brainer, and uh, I'll repost the puzzle and people can either, I guess they could post their, their answers, although the first, you know, two or three people is going to spoil it for everybody. Uh, or you can PM uh, or email us uh, what you think the answers are, I mean, however people want to do it, just as long as you're, uh, no, I guess as long as it's, it's, you know, people are having a good time. So this uh, this podcast's no-brainer is, uh, is as follows. Okay, so you've got a, a light bulb is hanging in a room. Uh, it's outside of the room, beyond uh, the view. Of, outside of the room, beyond the view of the bulb, there are three switches. So I don't know. Maybe they're around some sort of a corner, or they're up 14 flights of stairs. But whatever. Anyway, you can't see the the room with the bulb from the switches where you're standing. Uh, you've got three switches to choose from. Only one of them is connected to the light in the distant room from which you cannot see. Uh, you start off, all of the switches are off, and the light bulb is unlit. You may only check the room once, because it's up 14 flights of stairs, and, I don't know, your knees are shot or something, so you can only make the trip once. Um, how can you determine which of the three switches is connected to the light bulb with just one attempt? That's our no-brainer. Oh, wow. <sighs> I didn't know the question beforehand, and i got to say that I don't know the answer. At least not immediately. I'll have to think about this. Yeah, no, we're not going to answer it here. So we're nope, gonna, nope. We're going to post it on the on the forums, uh-huh. and uh, people can take their, their shot at it. I'd be curious to see what people come up with. Me too. I, I mean, that's making my brain hurt. It's cramping up. I think that's just about it for tonight. I think so, too. Um, I want to thank Zalas for being here, our guest on our one-year anniversary episode. Yes, indeed. Happy anniversary again. And Zalas, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on taking the reins of a branch. Yeah, I hope, oh, it, yeah. Uh, hope it goes well for me. Oh, uh, I'm, sure it will. I'm sure you'll do fine. We don't have a guest lined up for our next episode yet. I know who I'd like to get, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> what are you laughing? I'm not saying anything. He also knows who I'd like to get. Oh, well, why don't I know? What's with that? <laughs> You're not allowed in the men's club. Oh, you've started it now. Yes, I have. Gr- this is Griffin's only. Sorry, this, yeah, sorry. This is Griffin's. Oh, my. Oh. You guys oh. are incorrigible. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Roxanne and Les Aaron for being here as always. And again, I want to thank Zalas. Everybody give me a hail nor, and we will sign off. Now, before we do that, Tallow, thank you for doing this for an entire year. You do all the recording. You do all of the editing. You put this thing together. You're doing a terrific job. 
I really appreciate it. I know the people who listen to it appreciate it, and certainly the guild does. Uh, well done, and, and keep it up, please, because there's just no way I could do this. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Tala, so much. Thank you. Thank I you. Do appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. I like talking. <laughs> Which is weird, because I'm afraid of talking. Well, it doesn't show. Well, yeah. you know, that's because Nor's my family now. Of course we are. All right. Everybody give me that Hail Nor, and we will go. Hail Nor. Hail Nor. Hail Nor. Hail Nor. Hail Nor.